right, man, let's give it up for our students, man. That's, I love our students. That video was edited by one of our own students, and I love what God is doing. You're going to see a lot of people wearing a, a t-shirt that says, Better Together, and we really believe that. We believe that life is better together. Church is not just what happens here on Sunday mornings. You know, church is, it's a group of people. It's the, it's the, the word that Jesus uses, it's the word ecclesia. Jesus never came to uh, build a building. You know, we usually say, we, let, let's go to church. But actually, Jesus had something else in mind because we are the church. And so wherever we are, uh, we rep- represent what Christ represents. And I love what our students are doing tonight. We have our youth rally, so I hope that you can join us. If you know a student, invite them. And uh, I think it's going to be fantastic. I, I want to welcome you to week four of the life of Moses, and if you are just stepping in for the first time or you're tuning in online, uh, welcome. My name is Alex Velarde. I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11, so if you have your Bibles, turn there. Hebrews 11, and specifically verses 24 through 26. Now, before we begin, um, I just, in light of everything that's going on in our world, I just want us just to uh, hit the pause button for a moment and just pray. Um, there's a lot of people who are going through a lot right now, and um, I watched a movie this weekend, The Outpost. The Outpost. It's, I'm not endorsing that movie, uh, but I watched it intentionally because it was um, about what some of the our men and women go through in the battlefield. Um, and I wanted. I've heard. I had heard that it was a very realistic movie, and um, it, I was almost in tears. By the end of it, to see young men and women give their lives uh, for um, for our freedom and just to serve their country, and so I just want us to, before we get into God's word, if you if you join me, just um, just for a word of prayer. There's a lot of people suffering right now, a lot of parents, a lot of families. Father God, we come before you and just ask that you would do what we can do, Lord. That you would um, just that your loving arms would surround the families. Um, uh, that are that are suffering that are all throughout the world not just in afghanistan lord but uh all over the world people whether they're they've suffered because of um the storms the hurricane god or persecution um whatever it is god we just ask lord and we just just take a just a moment just to hit the pause button and just ask you lord that you would um that you would protect them uh that you would be there for them that you would that your name, God, and your renown will be made known. And so, Lord, I, um, I don't know what it is like to lose uh, a son or a daughter. Um, but, Father, I just I cannot imagine how difficult it must be. And so, Lord, I, I ask for those families who are suffering right now. And, God, I, I pray for your pr- protection and for your guidance. I pray for our leaders, Lord pray for those people that you have placed in positions of authority, God, Um, regardless of the politics, God. We just lift them up to you, and we just ask that you would lead them, guide them, protect them, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, so we're in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24 through 26. I am really looking forward to this message. I want to begin by asking just a quick question. I, I think I may have said this before, but if I had to, if I was asking you, like, how would you describe yourself? Like, if I ask you the question, who are you? What would you say? Like, how do you describe yourself? Simple question, but sometimes it can be a little bit hard to define ourselves. 
And I, I would say that most of us would agree that, that we are the sum total of the decisions that we've made in the past, all right? Uh, your past decisions do not have to determine who you will be, but they actually do speak to who you are right now, the things that you've learned, um, good and bad, okay, from the mistakes or the good things that you've done in life. So uh, if I ask you that question, who are you? Who are you today? Um, essentially, I think most of us, I'm not saying anything controversial, I think most of us would agree, we are the sum total, the result of our choices, the choices that we've made in the past. Now, if I ask you, who are you going to be tomorrow? Uh, I would put it like this. I would say that essentially whatever decisions you make today, that's who you're going to become tomorrow. The choices that you make today will set you up for the person that you're going to be tomorrow. Now, here's, here's um, the title of the message, just to kind of give it to you right off the bat. title is, is Choosing Purpose. But I, I'm specifically talking about choosing purpose over the opinion of others. Over the likes or the comments on social media, choosing purpose over popularity. And here's the thing we agonize over the, the smallest decisions. We agonize over things like what are we going to wear? What, um, you know, what are, if we say something, if we do something, what are they going to think? You know, if we behave a certain way, and, and you can tell me that you, don't, that you don't care what anybody thinks, but all of us, I believe all of us, at some point, we're considering how people are going to judge us. And the way you behave often is because of what others are going to say or think about you. Uh, Dave Ramsey, I love to study uh, and listen to a lot of what he says he's a financial advisor he says it like this i think it's on the screen he says we buy things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't even like i love that because it is so true so often we buy things that we don't really need with money that we don't really have to impress people that we don't even like in the first place but it's who we are as human beings. So, as human beings. So, today, the, the, the challenge for the message today is I want to I encourage you to choose purpose. Choose purpose over the opinions of others. Now, I want to begin with a little exercise, okay? So, play along. All right, just, it'll take just a couple of seconds, okay? But this is going to set up the message and going to introduce the subject, okay? So, I want you to imagine a world where everybody likes you, okay? I know that can be a little bit hard, you know, but just for a moment, okay? Um, just imagine, okay, a world where every single, single person out there, they love you, okay? Can you, can you imagine that for just a moment? Imagine a world where, like, no matter what you do, okay, like, nobody's going to complain about you. Like, like, your spouse is not going to complain, you know, like everybody at work or at school or, you know, whatever you post online, like everybody, can you just picture a world for just a moment, okay? Just picture a world where every single person loves you. They think that you are awesome. All right, you got it? You got that? Can you, can you picture that world? All right, just come back down to it now, okay? Because it's never going to happen. I'm so sorry to tell you. It'll never happen. Did you enjoy it, though, just for a moment? Did you just kind of picture that world? Wow, 
wonder what it would be like if everybody liked me. It's impossible, right? And you know that. Uh, you, you, cannot, you cannot please everybody. But what you can do as a Jesus follower is you can focus on God so much and you can be so consumed with Christ that all of a sudden the, 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 the opinions of others, the opinions of others don't take priority in your life. You know, I, was, I had a, a couple of meetings this week, and one of them was a, a little bit of a rough meeting. And usually the way of the week, I'm kind of giving you, this is not even in the, in the message, but I'm giving you the behind the scenes. I usually work on the message like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So this meeting was later on in the week. And so I already had the message written, you know, I wrote it down throughout the week. And then really tough meeting that I was a part of. And from, sat, from Thursday afternoon all the way until Saturday morning, I was just wrestling with some things that someone said, and I was given so much thought to what the words that this other person had said, and it, I was just wrestling with, with um, just what this other individual said to me, and then I looked at the message, and I'm going over it in my mind, and I go, God, this is for me. You know, and it was like I told you, honey, the message, like the message that I'm preaching this, and like this is for me. And I hope that maybe you would say that today. You you look at this message and say, man, this is exactly what I need, because so often we put we put emphasis on what other people say. Now, if you focus on God so much and you're so consumed with Christ, I believe that the approvals, the approval of others, are not going to take. They're not going to be priority. It's, gonna not, it's not going to distract you as much. And so I believe that you can wake up every morning with passion and purpose. In fact, not only do I believe that, not only do I think it's possible, but I think that's what God wants for you. And, but you've got to choose purpose. You have to choose purpose over the opinion of others, what the, you know, the social media likes or comments, popularity, what everybody else is saying. Now, by default, we do the opposite. And we say or think, sometimes we don't even say it, do you like me? Do you like my clothes? Do you like my hair? Do you guys like my hair? Um, do, you, uh, do you like what I'm doing? Do you, am I enough? Um, do you like me? Do you, I'm, you know, am I valuable to you? Do you like my job? Do you like what I'm studying? Do you like my new belt? You know, like the car that I just bought. Do you like the post? Man, it had the perfect filter and the caption. It was awesome. You didn't like me. What's wrong with you? You know, you're not following me. Do you like me? Do you like me? Am I, am I valuable? By default, that's usually the way we behave as human beings. And so here's the big thought for today. When you're consumed with the approval of others, you're swept away from God's purposes for your life. Let me say that again. When you are consumed with what other people think about you, you're swept away. Think of a tsunami from God's purposes for your life. It all of a sudden, it's a distraction. And you get, it just, it's like a lens that's not in focus. And so... Today, in Hebrews chapter 11, we get, an, we get an incredible example. We're talking about Moses, the life of Moses, the individual, the person. And God gives us insight into his life. And I want you to look at this with me. Verse 24, it says this. Watch this. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. 
I mean, let me give you a little bit of a context, just in case maybe you've missed a couple of weeks or whatever, just a little bit of context that you're stepping in for the first time. Moses is this guy who was born a Hebrew slave, okay? And he's adopted by Pharaoh's family, okay? So Hebrew slave adopted by Pharaoh's family. In other words, he's born into poverty. He's a slave, but he ends up living a life of luxury, a very extravagant, lavish life right from poverty to from slavery to royalty that's that's Moses in 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 short and the Bible says in here what you're going to see here in the verses that we're looking at today is that he chose everybody say that word with me say he chose one more time he chose he chose purpose over personal comfort and I want you to see why and how it benefited him verse 25 he that's Moses Chose, there is a word, to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Verse 26, he, Moses, regarded this grace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. And he chose purpose. Now, I don't necessarily like that word, and I was trying to figure out which word should I use instead of purpose. And the reason why I don't like it is because usually when we think of purpose, we think of like, what am I going to lo- do with my life, right? And preachers overdo it too. And I've been, I've been, you, I, you can fault me on this one. But we use this word purpose, and it's like, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? You know, are you, you know, like, like it's it's like a big, big, like, you know, are you gonna are you gonna cure cancer? Are you gonna sell all your possessions and become a missionary? How are you gonna change the world? That's usually how we we preach that word purpose. Okay, it's it's capital P purpose. Like, you know, it's like you've got to be this this superhuman being. Okay. But what, what I want to do today, if you can help me out, is anytime I use the word purpose in the message, I want you to think of lowercase purpose. I want you to think little p purpose, okay? I want you to think of just being faithful in the small things in life, okay? So I will say the word purpose a lot, but don't, your mind is immediately going to go to big purpose, okay? Like, what do I do? Where is my, you know, and there's a, there's a place for that, and there's times that I, where I talk about that. But today, the message today, okay, if you want to get something out of it, I want you to focus on little p purpose, okay? Lowercase purpose. And so... Today, or this week, maybe your purpose is just to encourage someone else. And you, you may be just that encouraging voice. You may be that voice of hope to someone else. And you may not change somebody. Like, you may not be changing the world. You may not even be changing somebody's world. But you may change someone's moment. Okay? You may change that, that moment for, for that person mattered. Okay? And so I want you to think of it that way. You may have a crazy Boss, like a psycho, like, and you're like, your purpose this week may just be to pray for her or him, okay? I gotta say both. If not, you know, you get mad at me, but all right, your purpose this week may just be to get on your knees and just as much as, you know, you get, I get the whole emotional thing and the, the, going, the thing that goes up here, you know, but your purpose this week may just be to say a 30 second prayer for this individual, okay? So, you may be a 16-year-old, and you're listening to the message, and, and you're thinking, man, you know, like, purpose, purpose, purpose. What am I going to do? What's, what's my life going to look like, like the rest of my life going to look like? 
maybe that's not really your purpose this week. Maybe your purpose is just to focus on your English assignment. Okay? Makes, makes sense? Everybody tracking? Give me a thumbs up. Yep, yep. All on thumbs up. Fantastic. Okay, so three thoughts I want to share with you on purpose. Little P purpose, okay? Little lowercase purpose. Number one, write this down if you're taking notes. Purpose, when you have purpose in your life, it diminishes distractions. It diminishes you're always ha- going to have distractions, but when you have purpose and you're living life on purpose, it's going to diminish your distractions. Let me kind of bring you up to speed. So God tells Moses, I've seen the suffering of my people. I want you to deliver them. I'm going to use you. Uh, and so Moses basically says, no, not me. Who am I? All of that. And then God is patient. And he works with Moses. End of the story. Basically, Moses leads the nation of Israel uh, out of the hands of the Egyptians and um, leads them to the promised land. And throughout the whole, all of the, the, the story, the Hebrew people or the Israelites people or the, the Israelites, the God's people, they were complaining. Okay? So, like, it was like, one, I think all together, I counted like, like 14 different categories in which they complained about something different. Okay, throughout the whole journey. So Moses comes to Pharaoh. Remember the story? We went over this a few weeks ago. He says, let my people go. Remember what Pharaoh says? Like, no, who are you? Who is this God that you're talking about? You know, I don't know him. And then Pharaoh gets mad at the Hebrew people and makes them work harder. Now, who do God's people actually get mad? Who do they take it out on? Pharaoh or Moses? Moses. And so this is the beginning, right? Later on, you know, they see the power of God's hand with the ten plagues. We talked about that last week. Moses leads him all the way up into the desert. Now, they're in between the Red Sea. Pharaoh has a change of heart. He let him go first. And he's like, no, what have I done? So he goes after them. And now they find themselves between the Red Sea and the Egyptian army coming. And here it continues. They're complaining. Watch what it says in, in chapter 14. They said to Moses... Was it because there, was, there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Verse 12. Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone. Just go. Just leave us alone. Okay? Like they were in, enslaved. And even from the moment that, that he comes into their picture, they're like, we don't want to have anything to do with you. Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better. It would have been better for us to serve them than to die in the desert. Now, Moses has got this negative voice in his ear, right? The question is, does he allow the negative voices to distract them? Because they're usually the loudest, right? Does he allow these negative voices to take control of his mind and thought life? Look at what he says to them. Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm. And you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. I wish I had that much faith. I wish I had... I was like that when people are, because this is not like one or two people. Like It was large numbers of people complaining about him. He didn't even want to do this. Like He didn't even sign up for the assignment, right? Like He didn't like... And, and he's doing it out of obedience for God, and they're complaining. It would have been better if you would have done, you know, just, did you bring us here to, you know, bury us here? What are you doing? And he says, stand firm. You will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you'll never see again. 
Now, this takes tremendous faith. This takes a lot of faith, okay? And this, this is, in a sense, when you're living a life of purpose, you're living a life of faith. Because the Red Sea had not parted just yet. So when Moses says, the next verse 14, when he says, let's put it on the screen, uh, uh, the Lord will fight for you, you need only be still. Like when he's saying those words, like he hadn't seen the Red Sea open just yet. All right? And so, but Hebrew gives us insight into his life. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24, the verse that we read a second ago says, by faith, by faith, by faith. When you live a life of faith, you're not as distracted as easily. Over 14 times, they complain. We're hungry, we're thirsty. You know, and, and God would feed them. He would give them food. He would give them water. They would continue to complain. He takes them, you know, um, he, he leaves for a little while, goes up to the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments. Remember what the, the Hebrew people did? They created this golden calf and started worshiping. Moses comes down the mountain with the Ten Commandments, and what do they do? They complain. They complain, they complain and they're using their, the, the fact that Moses was away for a little while to excuse their worship to this golden calf. And they blame it on Moses. Later on, in like Numbers chapter 14, uh, uh, 12, his own family complained about him. His brother and sister were complaining about his leadership skills. You, you keep going. I mean, he takes them all the way up to the promised land. They can see the promised land. And what do they say? They say, oh, no, the people, we cannot, we cannot overtake them. And they're right there. They can see it. They've seen all the miracles, and they complain once again, and they refuse to enter the promised land. How do you deal with that kind of behavior? At times, they wanted to find another leader. They wanted to replace him. At times, if you read the whole thing, they actually wanted to take his life. And yet, Moses... Did not get distracted. How do you do that? How do you do that? Because in my life, man, I can have a hundred voices that say, man, great job, great message, go Pastor Alex. But I have one half a sentence that says something in doubt. And I go, oh no, my world is collapsing. I don't do that, but actually I do. <laughs> you know? And so how do you do that? I want to know, Lord, teach me. I want to be like Moses. Well, he was faithful. He had, a, he had purpose in his life, not capital P purpose, little p purpose. For 40 years, remember for 40 years, God took him to the desert for 40 years. He was a shepherd. He didn't even have his own flock. And I mean, smelly job, long hours kind of job. But for 40 years, he was faithful in the little things. Don't you think that God had him there for a reason? So that because he knew one day you're going to lead two million people through the desert. So I'm going to take you for 40 years and I'm going to teach you a few things about faithfulness. And so maybe you're going through your desert right now. And there's a reason because God's getting you ready. He's training you to be faithful in the little things for later. By faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. He did not allow people to distract him his circumstances to distract him because he had purpose purpose that god had given him now let me ask you this in what areas of your life do you need to have a little bit more do you need to be a little bit more purposeful do you need to have a little bit more faith 
And what I find out in my life is that when I'm working on something, I'm doing good on here, sometimes something else breaks over here. And I got to go back and kind of fix this over here. And then I fix this over here, and then something else breaks over here. So I'm just curious, in what areas of your life do you need to be a little bit more faithful? Some Some of you, it may be family. Maybe for you, you're devoting a lot of time at work, and you love what you do, and so it's easy for you to devote a lot of time to work, and and then you need to work on your family. For some of you, it's actually work. You know, you love to have fun. You love to, you know, just have a good life, and work is not your, your thing, but you know in your heart, even as I'm saying this, like, man, I really, you know what, the last couple of months, the last year, or whatever, you know, like, I've been just kind of just, just kind of just getting by, because I'm comfortable. I've been doing this for a while, and maybe what you need to ask the Lord is, Lord, where do I need to kind of ramp things up a little bit? Maybe it's your body. Maybe it's your diet. Maybe, I mean, it could be a number of things. It could be relationships. It could be your finances where you're like, man, I've just, we've just gone in debt way too much. We need to kind of tighten some things here and there. Maybe it's your priorities. Where do you need to be a little bit more faithful? Maybe it's faith, time alone with God. Maybe it's schoolwork. <clears throat> Excuse me, schoolwork. So purpose diminishes distractions here. Number two, purpose pushes you through pain. Purpose pushes you through pain. Someone needs to hear this. Whenever you have purpose, it gives you, it's a great motivation to keep going, even when it hurts. Someone put it like this. The pathway to purpose is always paved with pain. When you think of that for a moment. The, the, the pathway, and I thought of bringing a rug, a small rug, and just kind of laying it out. But, but the, kind of the picture in that is the pathway to your purpose is paved with pain. You think of Jesus. Why did he come? What's, what was his purpose? To seek and to save that which was lost. How did he accomplish his purpose? Through the cross. The pathway to your purpose. Okay? And you can tell me what, I mean, whatever it is that you want. It takes sacrifice. It takes hard work. Whatever it is that you're looking for, that you're dreaming about, that you're, that man, one day I wish I could be there. It takes hard work. And it wasn't just Jesus, Mary, Jesus' mom, right? You look at Moses, you look at uh, all of the apostles, the disciples. I mean, every single one of them, they had purpose. They had purpose. By faith. By faith, by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, it says, refused. Verse 24, by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, and I tend to think, I know this is speaking, you know, physically, but I'm, I'm thinking we can grow up spiritually and emotionally as well. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused. That word refused is the word, our Naomi. Say that word with me, our Naomi. Ready? One, two, three, our Naomi. Our Naomi, I'm trying to teach you a little bit of Greek. Say it one more time. Our Naomi. Our Naomi. It means, it means to refuse self, to deny self. So what this verse is saying is by faith, Moses, when he grew up, he refused. He denied self. It's what Jesus tells his disciples. says, if you want to be my disciple, my disciple, here's what you got to do. You have to deny yourself, pick up your cross, and then follow me. Do you think Jesus knew a thing or two about the way we are as human beings? 
It's, the, it's, when, you, it's when you do the grind. It's when you, man, you, when you get up and you go at, at it another day, and you're like, man, I don't want to. I don't feel like it, but you just go at it. And it's a challenge. It's those things that actually in life end up helping you and make you successful in life. And so your purpose pushes you through the pain. Critics can't stop you. Obstacles won't deter you. Pain won't slow you down. Why? Because, man, I'll get up earlier. I'll work harder. I'll stay later. I mean, purpose is what drives us. I will pray harder and longer. Now, you on your own can't do it. You need Christ. With him, you can do it. On your own, you won't. With Christ, you will. It's, it's the battle that we all face. You know, every Sunday when I get up here on, on stage to preach, or actually after, uh, I'm usually exhausted. After, after I give the message, I go home, and like, like last week, you know, it was two services and then starting point, another hour. And I, I was just, I got home and I was exhausted from two things. The messages that everybody hears and then the message that nobody hears. The message that you guys hear and then the message that's going on in my mind. Because every Sunday, every time that I get up here and I'm preaching Christ, it's, it feels like it's like a street fight. I feel, I feel like, I'm, like I'm boxing or something. Every time when I'm up here and I'm preaching God's grace, man, God's grace, it covers you. It reaches deep. It's beyond your biggest mess. Well, you know what's, what the fight that's going on, the other message, the other sermon that's, that's fighting in my brain? For them, yes, not for you. Every time that I get up here and I'm preaching forgiveness of sins for all, the other sermon that's going on in my mind is not yours. Theirs, yeah not yours see the gospel it's easy to believe for them when you look at god's promises when you look at scripture you always that's why you you tell me you know god this is a great message for so and so because it's easy to believe god's power on their life and so when i'm done i'm like man it's like a battle it's been going on but what keeps me centered is my purpose in life. It's what helps me get through, remember purpose, being faithful in the little things. Not purpose big, like, oh, I'm gonna become this great personality. No, no, being faithful in the little things. By faith, Moses, what? Refused, refused, self-denial. It's like saying, okay, Lord, I'm picking up my cross. I tell our DLT, our directional leadership team, I tell them, anytime you lead people through change, there's usually three reactions. And, and I hope this adds value to your life and your business and wherever. Anytime you lead a group of people through change, you're going to have three reactions. You're going to have, number one, you have critics. They're the loudest voice, okay? Usually not the, the greatest in number, okay? But for some reason, they're the loudest voice. Then you're going to have bystanders. Bystanders are people that they'll they'll kind of fl they flow with the, the crowd, all right? So if the crowd is supporting you, they'll jump on that. If the crowd is against you, they'll jump on that. And they're not necessarily gonna stand up and lead anything, but they're just, just bystanders. And then the third, the third group of, of people is what I, I would call the advocates. Those are people that are with you and for you. They'll stand with you no matter good and bad. Craig Rochelle says this, and I think it's a great, great statement. He says, the why, which is like your purpose in life, right? The why disarms the critic. 
It educates the bystander and it empowers the advocates. So purpose, purpose, purpose. It diminishes distractions. It pushes you through pain. And third, and we'll close with this, purpose empowers you to please God. It empowers you to please God. I'm going to ask our worship team to get in place. Purpose empowers you to please God. So I was thinking of uh, Peter and John and those guys in the New Testament when they're preaching Christ in the book of Acts. You know, they're going over from town to town preaching the name of Jesus. And I was thinking of this actually during the worship. And, um, you know, the authorities come and they arrest them. They beat them up. And it's like, hey, you can do whatever you want. You can go to the synagogues. You can preach. You can do. But you cannot, ju- you cannot say the name Jesus. So over 2,000 years ago, if you said the name Jesus, it was a big no-no, okay? And, and they're like, are you kidding me? Like, we can't. And I find it interesting, by the way, that like 2,000 years later, you can pray, you can, you know, you can mention God or any supreme being or anything like that, higher powers, spirit, you know, you can talk about spirituality, but as soon as you say Jesus, for some reason, right? Like, if you're saying a, a public prayer, everything is good until you say, in Jesus' name. And all of a sudden, it riles everybody up. You know, well, have you ever wondered why? You know what Jesus, you know what God says? It says, his name is above every other name. And one day, everybody, every knee will bow, and every mouth will, every tongue will confess that he is Lord. Now, don't you, think, don't you think that the enemy knows this? So the battle is strong against Jesus, the name of Jesus, for a reason. So these guys are, they're like, are you kidding? Like, we, we can, we've looked at our lives. We've been transformed. There's nothing. You can kill us, but we're going we're gonna to still speak the name of Christ. You can put us in prison, and the prison guards will hear about Jesus. You can tell us not to do it, and we're going to find a way. And 2,000 plus years later, you have a couple billion people in the world worshiping the name of Jesus today. And Peter puts it like this in, in Acts chapter 5. I'm going to bring it together here in a minute. Peter and the other apostle replied, We must obey God rather than human beings. We must, like, we can't do anything else but obey God. It's, it's, it's who we are. And that's what God says in the book of Hebrews about Moses. Look at it. He, Moses, regarded this grace for the sake of Christ as of what? Greater value. So I'm not saying that it's wrong to, when, when people like you, I'm not saying that, okay? What I'm saying is that there's greater value. There's greater value in being loved by God. Nothing wrong with being loved by people, being liked by people. We all like that, right? I'm saying there is greater. He regarded this grace for the sake of Christ as of greater value. Nothing wrong with having fun and having friends and feeling accepted. We all want to feel accepted. What I'm saying is there's greater value in being faithful to God. No one's saying to, to like, reject comfort. Like, nobody wants to do that, right? That doesn't make sense. What we're saying is that there's greater value in being obedient to Christ and the calling that He has on your life, even when it 
doesn't quite feel good and it's painful. There's greater value. So if you're raising up kids and that's the stage of life that you're in and you, you feel like, man, you're up to your neck in diapers. You feel like all you do is just wipe butts every day, every single day. And you're like, I don't know if I'll ever see another t- adult in my life. Here's what I want you to say. I want you to say, you know what? I'm being faithful in this moment. This is my purpose right now. This is it. This is where little P purpose, right? So for some of you, like, it doesn't, you have to say it out loud because sometimes it doesn't feel, re- when you're just going through the mundane, it doesn't feel very big. And so what you're doing is you're just stacking up the little P purpose in your life. L- Lowercase, you're stacking up one after the next. And then maybe one day, maybe you're a student and you're just like, you're just grinding it and you're just, you know, one day after the next and you're just plowing away and you're just getting it done. It just doesn't feel like big purpose. And I don't know what God has for the rest of my life and I have no idea what I'm going to be. But maybe your purpose is just to do that. Get up every day and study hard and not give up and to just stack up the lower lowercase purposes and I don't know what it is for some of you it may be it may be that God's calling you to get out of debt and you you know you've gotten to a bad place you have not been disciplined with your finances and you bring your little brown bag to work and everybody makes fun of you because you bring in your your sandwich or you're driving that old car but in your heart you know this is it this is what God has called our family and for the however long it takes we're gonna be faithful and the little things for some of you it may be purity you know it's like you know what i'm gonna be pure and i'm i'm man i'm i'm going for it and i don't care what you know that's old-fashioned that's for you know that's for a different day and age but in your heart it's like no this is it this is what i have a higher calling in my life and I'm, I'm going to have purpose. Oh, you've already screwed up. You've already, it's over. You know why? Give up. That's what the enemy wants you to believe. Choose purpose. Choose purpose. In 1942, I love this story. I may have told you this before. I can't remember. Uh, a psychiatrist, 1942, a psychiatrist named Victor Franklin was arrested by the Nazis. Spends three years in four different concentration camps, including the infamous Auschwitz. Franklin was stripped of his possessions. He was stripped of his clothes. He was stripped of his name. He was reduced to a number. Prisoner 119-104. His mom died in one of those camps. His wife died, his dad died, he's liberated. And Victor Franklin writes this book, and the title of it is Man's Search for Meaning. Man's Search for Meaning. Um, there was a survey done, conducted by the, by the Library of Congress, and it ranks this book as one of the ten most influential books of all times. It's impacted millions of people and in this book he shares his the secret to his survival how he made it and he says this he says everything can be taken from a man but one thing the last of human freedoms he says 
everything can be taken away the last of human freedoms is to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances to choose so I want to challenge you choose purpose lowercase purpose for your life with heads bowed and eyes closed what is God asking of you today When you're consumed with the approval of others, you're swept away from God's purposes for your life. Living for the approval of others keeps you from God's purposes. So what's God calling you to do? You get to choose. It's not up to me, it's up to you. So Father God, we come before you and you just thank you, Lord, for reminding us of how Moses chose purpose. God, thank you for the fact that your purpose in our lives diminishes distractions, Lord. Your purpose for us, help us get through the difficult times. And your purpose for us, Lord, empowers us to please you. And so, God, whenever the tough time comes, Lord, whenever we're just, we feel discouraged, whenever we give more attention to the voices of others, whenever our own even, our own little voice inside, God, may we be like Moses. By faith, by faith, God, may we push ahead, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand.